Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of SN uh, Off the Shelf. This is our, uh, we're doing our special TechWire edition. Uh, I'm Chloe Riley, Executive Editor of Supermarket News. I'm here with Mercatus, President and COO, Sylvain Perrier. Sylvain, welcome. It's welcome. Thank you so much. It's amazing being here. We are in beautiful Florida. Yes. Marco Island. And it's it's my first time here. How about you? First time in Marco Island, yeah. Yeah, FMI Midwinter. We're here at FMI Midwinter. We're here in, uh, it's getting a little sunnier than it was earlier, um, but I'm very glad to be here and not where I came from, which is outside Chicago. And I know you come from somewhere equally cold. It's a lot stickier here too. It's a lot stickier. Because of the weather. I just want to clarify that. Indeed. It is a little sticky where we're at, Um, but we're also here at FMI Midwinter. Uh, Sylvain, what are we hearing? What are the trends? What are retailers talking about? Let's just take a little moment to talk about that since we're here. Yeah, I, I, the interesting part of what I'm hearing in my, I'd say, six conversations in already today with a series of retailers. I've sat in on a couple of tech talks. It's still an AI story. I, I think the big difference that... Uh, years ago, we talked about personalization. We talked about targeting. We're actually seeing real cases of use use cases. We're seeing real demos of large scale language models that are being used to help retailers generate revenue, and it's quite powerful. And a lot of the retailers, uh, down from you know the top retailers that are you know perusing the room to the re- the regionals and the independents. Um, you can see a glimmer of um, how they may be able to apply some of this to their business and compete amongst each other. Which I feel like, um, from the couple of retailers I've talked to, and definitely not small small retailers either, um, it sounds like that is something that uh, is on the minds of retailers. Is They know they're supposed to be using this. They're starting to experiment maybe with using it in their back end. But in terms of the big revolution that we keep hearing about, they... You know, I've heard a couple of people say, we don't know, frankly, we don't know. And we're starting small and we're trying to figure it out. So it sounds like we're seeing some real partners out there who are maybe offering some real solutions. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where uh, I just like everything else in grocery retail, until it reaches a point of commoditization <laughs> or, or, or maybe that's a bad word, but standardization that it's easier to implement, easier to apply, then you'll have a a bigger group jump in. And I think AI has been one of those things, and I think a lot of it is, you know, if you look at at ChatGPT, OpenAI, back with Microsoft's investments, have been able to achieve that much faster. So I think that's why you're hearing these conversations uh, occur. Sure, sure. Um, I feel like you just had an interesting kind of video blog. Can we say yeah. vlog? Do people say vlog anymore? I'm saying it now. Yeah. Um, you had this great blo- uh, blog about uh, creating, a, you know, creating a meal app and recipe app yeah. using AI. So yeah. tell me about maybe a couple learn learns that uh, you had from that. Yeah, it's it, it all kind of came about in my conversations with Mark Ferrers, our chief growth officer. And Mark and I were talking about how today you don't necessarily have to have a degree in computer science to build applications because there's a lot of frameworks that exist out there that are drag and drop that enable you to build really cool apps. And agent, marketing agencies are famous for pumping out content and apps very quickly without having a sea of internal experts. 
So I, I said to Mark, I said, I think I'm going to build two AI apps over the weekend. Mark's like, there's no way. And I'm like, yeah, it's very possible. And absolutely, there's this great framework that's out there that it, it, they've encapsulated OpenAI and you're able to teach the engine to take certain inputs and restrict the outputs. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if you could just type the ingredients you have in, in your pantry and they'll give you a recipe? It's kind of simple, right? And then I expanded it by saying, give me a recipe based on these ingredients, but is also keto friendly under this amount of calories. And then I went as far as, as taking another application was to say, hey, I'm on keto and build me a shopping list that I can use at Walmart Mm. or at Weiss Markets and it kind of worked and we threw it out in the wild just to see and it, it still gets people using it. We have actually some of our, our, our employees and our kids that use it, use it religiously. Oh my God, that's great. That's fabulous. Yeah, and it's just, just, just for the fun of it but it's, that's how quick you can, you can iterate with something and try it and it doesn't cost a lot of money to do. That's great. Okay, well, retailers take notice. Um, uh, I was going to say, I want to touch briefly on just, you know, the Walmart keynote uh with microsoft at yeah. the recent consumer electronics show um what what were some of your takeaways from that or what what were your thoughts you know watching that keynote yeah um i think first and foremost um if i look at what microsoft's done with, with its own relationship with OpenAI, they've realized at the end of the day to the chagrin of an amazon or google there's no point of trying to reinvent the wheel if someone's done really good at building something so partnering with them absolutely made sense i think similarly that's what walmart's doing with microsoft we know that walmart has a significant amount of computing use over in azure which is owned by by microsoft and microsoft is heavily interlacing their ai tech inside those facilities, inside the Microsoft Office 365 suite. And I think for, for Walmart, it's a beautiful play to experiment, to iterate, to see what can they do with these large language modules. You know, because Walmart's been very good at data governance for years. Now they can take that expertise, interlace it with AI, and likely get some fantastic stuff out of it. I mean, and for me, the first thing I would do if I was, I was at Walmart, Labor scheduling, mm -hmm. especially when labor is so expensive. Labor scheduling, labor efficiency, supply chain efficiency. What should be? What should we put on the shelves? Why hire a room of thousands of people to build out algorithms to crunch something on their own when the AI engine can do it for you? Right, right. That's, that's what they're going to do. Right. So I'm hearing a lot of this right now feels like it's about efficiency, or that's a big yeah. opportunity. I think that's the easiest thing to experiment with and try because you can do a small subset test, a few stores, compare it, try it before you go all in on something as too aspirational, quite, quite frankly. And at the end of the day, if you, if you look at retail, your biggest costs are your people and your second biggest cost is what's on, the, on your inventory. And it depends. Sometimes it's, it's, it's reverse, but reality is if you could experiment with those two things, you're already gaining, you're already ahead. Yeah, no, it's great, great insights. Um, I wanna switch over to uh, kind of finally touch on our, we had our inaugural uh, SN Tech Market Leader Report, yeah. which Mercatus was our sponsor for that. Um, 
And that's a report that looks at trends in how grocers are actually using tech as well as sort of the aspirational element of that, how they want to be using tech. So a couple things just that we want to touch on from that report. Um, Sylvain, how can grocers be using tech, you know, to sort of their, to boost their loyalty? How should they be yeah. thinking about that at this stage? I think a lot of it is you need you need to stand in the shoes of your customers and understand how do they interact with your brand and how do where do they predominantly interact with your brand so if they're interacting mostly in store versus online or maybe it's a maybe it's a strong mixture of both but it, it really depends and what kind of retailer are you are you a discounter are you a high and low and so on are you a mass merchant do you have a mix of soft lines mixed in with your food once you once you get a clear understanding who your consumers are how do they interact with you then find the right piece of technology that a is going to enhance their ability to not only have discrete conversations with you but also to help them save money you, you, we can't lose sight of the fact that today the macro environment that we're in consumers are still hungry to save money and we as retailers have a duty to teach those customers how to do that or at the very least Give them a sense that there's a possibility to do that, right? And it's all really about retention. Customer acquisition is still critical, but I always say that retention right now is better if you can convince one consumer to add one more product to your cart, you're better off versus the cost of acquisition, which is significantly more. So no silver bullet. But it's about opening up and showing them the pathway. And loyalty is that. Right, if you think of the perfect loyalty equation, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, well said. Um, I want want to switch over to operational processes. Um, Is e-commerce still top of mind for retailers or is that starting to be trumped by engagement? It's, um, it depends who you are, where you are on on the maturity curve, to be honest. What I'm hearing is a lot of retailers today are rationalizing their marketplace strategy. Who are they partnering with from a marketplace perspective? That a lot of retailers have spread their wings too much into the world of DoorDash, Instacart, Shift, and now are realizing that there's cannibalization, that they are not maximizing, quite frankly, the size of their carts, uh, and they're not maximizing the number of SKUs per order, uh, and it's becoming more difficult to manage amongst the different players in this space. So absolutely, e-commerce, one P is very important still to them. It's their brand, it's their customer relationships, it is so the rationalizing in the marketplace. And also a lot of retailers, part of that process is also understanding the tech you have inside your stores, if you're doing curbside, even if you're, even if you're partnered for delivery, and how does that play into supporting loyalty? Uh, as well as reducing cost. Labor is expensive, and so it's top of mind. Nice, nice. Um, Sylvain, anything else that you'd like to talk about? No, my God, we could talk for, for days about what's going on. I think this this is going to be a pivotal year for the industry. And, I, and what I mean by pivotal, um, it feels like we're entering a new retail cycle. And what I mean uh, by new retail cycle we're seeing, we're seeing new executives come into the fold. Uh, definitely Gen X, Gen Y coming in with some strong ideas, leading with culture, emotional connection to the brands, a 
and not afraid to experiment. Um, and we're seeing the guiding principles of the, of the older generation of executives uh, lending hand into crafting those visions. And, and it's, it's, it's quite interesting. And I, we're also seeing certain pieces of tech and ideas mature. The concept of delivery, it's been done, it's been achieved, it's saturated, and, and we've moved on. And uh, e-commerce specifically now will need to live in a realm of how does it tie in li living in the ecosystem of the in-store experience, loyalty, engagement, and so on. So all those things are going to come front and center when you're considering creating a customer-centric experience. And, and, it, and so this... We're going to see some stuff really take flight this year. So it's an exciting time. It's great. It sounds like now more than ever, it's just the slew of potential tech tools at a retailer's, you know, finger fingerprints are like uh, almost limitless. And so coming up with that strategy and getting really specific about what your goals are is going to be critical. Yeah, I, I think we're also going back to basics. Hmm. It's, uh, you know, the last three years have been a roller coaster of what's new and what's shiny. Hmm. I think that's changed. And what I mean by that is, I think we're just saying at the end of the day, how do I service my community in the most effective way possible without having to chase my tail across so many different things? So how do I bring a conglomerate or a group of partners that creates that retail OS operating system for me that I can leverage to service my, my community? And, and so... Uh, even in my conversations today, hey, we don't do this at Mercatus. Do you do this? What about you? Do you do this? And so how do we come together with a, a concise solution that we can take to the retail community that really just makes makes it easy for them to do business? Uh, and I think w the, the industry of the vendors that support this industry need to start thinking that way as well. Sounds like needs to get out of the siloed way of thinking and it's, present a unified... <laughs> Unified front. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well said. Great. Well, Sabine, thank you very much for being here today on this beautiful day. Um, and uh, I think, uh, audience, we're off to take a walk on the beach, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, Enjoy know. the 70-degree weather while it lasts. <laughs> take care, everybody. Thanks. <laughs>